Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. Zephaniah chapter 1. I'm going to start in chapter 1. I'm going to read only two verses, and then we're going to jump to chapter 3. There's only three chapters, but the first two are a little bit painful. The word of the Lord, which came unto Zephaniah, the son of Cushi, the the son of Gedaliah, the son of Amariah, the son of Hiskiah, in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah. Here it is, verse 2. So encouraging. I will utterly consume all things from off the land, saith the Lord. Everybody say yikes. Okay, let's turn to chapter, th- chapter 3. If you turn too fast, you'll be out of the book. Verse verse 17, the Lord, the Lord thy God, in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with, with joy. He will rest in his love which means he will be silent in his love. In the times where you don't don't maybe hear him, you just be assured he's there. And he will joy over thee with singing. Really fascinating little verse that talks about the Lord singing. I know the Hebrew here means a, a a ringing cry. I'm not going to find much in Scripture that talks about God singing, but Zephaniah said, I've heard from the Lord. And I'm here to tell somebody on this Sunday morning that He is with you in silence and in singing. He is with us in the silent times and in the loud ringing times. He is with us. He is with us. Would you lift your hands and would you lift your voices And would you call on the name of the Lord right now, every person in the room? Praise God. God bless you. And you may be seated this morning. Zephaniah's major theme is unknown by most because it is only three chapters. He, as several of the minors, do not often get great airtime. Some of our team, our ministers here, get to travel consistently and speak at different events and youth events. Primarily the work with Indiana Bible College affords 
some platforms to some of our professors and our campus pastor, our vice president, Brother Kilman, some of them. and You know, Zephaniah is not a great youth talk, typically. He's not one that is often spoke about, but he was a very important prophet. Different commentaries regard him a little differently. But he's critical for this reason. His focus was, as in verse 14 of chapter 1, the great day of the Lord is near. Zephaniah was talking about a time of God's judgment. I would speak, although it might be a little weighty on a Sunday morning, I feel compelled to share with every person in this room. There will be a day of judgment. There will be. There will be a day when every man and woman in this room has to stand before a holy and a righteous judge. And I feel as though I have weekly conversations. We can do nothing about those who have already passed on. You and I can put no one into heaven You and I can put no one into hell. But there is a day when we will all stand before a great and a holy judge. And on that day, I, as much as I might love you, I don't want you to have the authority. I would like him to be the one That gets to choose. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. But Zephaniah, speaking under the unction of the Lord, for it was the word of the Lord unto Zephaniah, he said, The day of the Lord is near. I would tell our congregation and those that are watching online, the day of the Lord is near. Uh Uh-huh. The day of His coming, His return, His judgment, that day is very near. Zephaniah was paired with Josiah, this king who was leading Judah to a time of religious reformation which had been triggered by the finding of the book of the law. Because you cannot have any type of reformation that is biblical or more importantly to us, time of restoration that is accurate minus the implementation of God's word. To have full and true and accurate restoration, God's word is a necessity. But Zephaniah was not popular for his flattering prophecy. No one looks at the the music that Zephaniah is producing. And there were 
very common at one time hymns that were written from the prophecy of Zephaniah, a extremely popular Latin work that was that was sung throughout mass congregations on a regular time talking about the judgment and the destruction of the Lord. I'm sorry, but to stand up and begin to share the prophetic truths of Zephaniah would not go over very well in most churches. Zephaniah gets up and begins to prophesy about a flood that would occur. And how many here believe a flood did occur? We believe that there was a flood that took place. And Noah's ark was a real place. Noah's ark is more than an experience to encounter. He had prophesied about that and spoken that that flood was coming, but he likened it unto a judgment of the Lord that would come against the people of God. And there was a second picture that was given where great sacrifice was going to take place. And, and, and Zephaniah is the only one here, although we know that his, his prophecy is about the leading away of the Babylonians and the captivity that they were going to ensue upon God's people. He is the one that does not mention them by name, but it's interwoven through the other prophecies. You'll find him most closely related Related with the prophet Joel. Now we love to preach about Joel. Right? We love to preach about Joel as apostolics. You let any preacher, whether they can really preach or not, you let them get up with the right voice inflection in a Pentecostal church and say these words, it will come to pass. Do their head like little pause. Let them say, in the last day. And I've been in churches, I've been in meetings where that's about all you need. And I'm thankful for the response of the people. I'm thankful for the response knowing that there was a promise and it did come to pass. But not every prophecy was positive. (laughs) Imagine had our worship leader today got up and said, I'd like to sing about floods coming. I'd like to sing about destruction. And the people were overwhelmed because the great sacrifice that he was prophesying was not about the Babylonians and it was not about demonic forces. It was about God's people. Zephaniah, I'm not sure if you heard from God because it's not positive. Not everything he has to say is. Because sometimes the word is meant to correct, to chastise a little bit, to bring reproof. And Zephaniah got up and he began talking and sharing the word of the Lord. Speaking to them. Zephaniah had kind of a opportunity here. I can say what thus saith the Lord and give people a chance or I can keep silent because it won't be popular. I 
would submit to you today, that's about where we're at as believers. Keep silent because it is not popular. Or rise to the occasion and say, thus saith the Lord. God did not cease to hate evil. He did not cease to hate sin. He was, we like to say, and I even talked about it on Wednesday night in our study, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. To really understand that from Zephaniah till now, he's against sin. He's against sin. But the people of God went through some challenges. They went through some times when they were, how many know that the children of Israel and the people of Judah, they were up and down in their relationship with God. Just up and down and up and down and up and down. Didn't know whether they wanted to worship idols or worship God. Usually had a lot to do with who they were mingling with. You've got to reach people, but you don't have to dumb down your relationship with God to reach people. If you have to reach for people at the expense of your own spirituality, they're doing a better job of reaching you than you're doing of reaching them. After they had been carried away into Babylonian captivity for a little history lesson, go read about it. When they were returned and they came out from under Babylonian captivity, nobody had to question them about worshiping idols. They rebuilt the temple, got the idols out and said, when we were in a place where we had no choice, we found out it's only God that we want. And isn't it true that at times, if it were not for the pain of the process, we would not have understood the power of his presence. Had I not had to go through the struggle, I would not have recognized how powerful it is to not be in captivity. And while I don't want for anybody to go through a time of hardship, there are testimonies all over this room that will say, I didn't enjoy the pain, but I sure like the testimony that I have now. I didn't enjoy the sickness, but I enjoy this miracle. I didn't enjoy the financial struggle, but I ensure knowing now that Jehovah Jireh is not just something they put in a song or preach over the pulpit. He is not just a, woo, he's not just some abstract provider. He's my provider. He, he's not Jehovah Rapha, just some abstract healer. He's been my healer. Come on, I'm looking for somebody who remembers what it was like to deal with captivity and deal with hurt and deal with loss. And the enemy told you you're never getting out of this. But this Sunday morning bears witness. Wait a minute, I did get out of that oppression. I, I did get out of that depression. Yeah. He was with me. He was with me in the silence and he was with me in the singing. In the times where nobody was on my side, I found out he was right 
beside me all along. In the times I thought that I could not even move any further, he'd come along and undergird me with his presence and he just moved me along. My family was against me, he was for me. My friends were against me, he was for me. The world was attacking me, but he was with me. Sickness came after my, but he was with me. And Zephaniah said, you better hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. Woo, I feel like saying that to Calvary Tabernacle. Hear the word of the Lord. The day of judgment is coming and we better turn our face unto him and recognize it was him all along. It was not the idols. It was never the... It was never the customs of this world. It was no God formed by the hands of men. Ah, Pastor Carson, I've never worshipped an idol built by the hands of men. Well, this world is filled with people who love their car more than their church. We, 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 we have to turn our eyes unto him and say, God, it's all about you. It's all about you. It's all about you. Has anyone ever went through a season of silence? Am I the only one? Can I tell you right now? I've preached some big meetings where I had to walk to the pulpit thinking, God, I don't even know if you're hearing me right now. Where are you? Get to the pulpit. <laughs> Word from God. Walk out of the pulpit and feel as alone Anybody ever been through a season like that? And just in the right time, he'd show up to remind you, I might be silent, but I'm here. I might be silent, but I'm here. And I have found it is the silent moments, the silent moments that we do not like that help become the wind in our sails, that it teaches us, even when I don't hear him, I can live for him. Even when I don't sense him, I can walk for him. I'm going to tell you this, living for God is not all about the feelings. I don't know if the young people still say, they, they were saying for a while the feels. That's got all the feels. Let me ask you this, can you live for God when you don't feel him at all? If you're in here and you've been living for God for, a, for any length of time, you've had seasons where you talk to God and he said Nothing. You don't think they, they prayed being led into captivity? Where are you at? I think God was thinking, where have you been? Mrs., I change my religion every time the wind blows. Worshiping idols. They were, hey, they were doing crazy stuff. And aren't we, maybe not you, there's this little part of me that they're so, they're so almost flamboyant about it. That when they deal with hardship, I'm like, yeah, get them. <laughs> oh, you're supposed to be about grace. I am. You hear me preaching all the time, but, but there's part of me that's like, come on. Anybody know anybody that you just every now and then will say, come on. Don't look at your spouse. Just, 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 just. <laughs> But people that you just want to say, live for the love of God, live for God. 
God. Right? Zephaniah said, flood, disaster, great sacrifice is coming. Isn't it something to think that the invasion probably could have been avoided if the people weren't so dismissive of prophecy? Can I tell you something? We're a church that believes in the gifts of the Spirit. We're a church that believes in the gifts of the Spirit. We believe in prophecy. We believe in tongues and interpretation. Uh Uh-huh. We believe in a word of wisdom, knowledge that comes from God. We believe the Lord can speak into a situation. We believe in apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors. Say a real strong amen on that one. Say just real. Okay, amen. Thank you. And teachers. We believe in apostles. We need people in our life that open up new works and new territories and new countries. Walk with God. We need prophets. We need prophets in today's. We need more than prophets of destruction that are working on behalf of the world. Mm, How far do I want to go with this? We got people that are prophesying damnation over our young people. We got people that are prophesying judgment over the church. You know that, right? We have people in all fields of secular that are prophesying negativity. We need men and women of God that'll stand up under the unction of the Holy Ghost and say, thus saith the Lord. (laughs) Some people, if it makes you uncomfortable when the gifts of the Spirit operate, you gotta get in that book. Now everything needs to be done with decency and in order. And the Spirit of the prophet is subject to unto the prophet and it needs to be done with decency and in order but I'm going to tell you what we need we need a move of God in this hour that can we need a move of God in this hour that can speak prophetic promise over our lives and over our now I don't think you get to prophesy everything you say I prophesy If if there's prophecy, it needs to be, thus saith the Lord, not thus saith the me. I believe in that. But I will tell you that there's a way for us to get in alignment with prophecy by speaking his promises over our life. Because every person in this room, if you had the gumption to get up and to get dressed and to get your family, some of you brought entire families to church today. For many of us, it was hard enough just to get ourselves here. Right? Some of you barely made it. And it was just you or just you and your spouse. You, you barely made it today. And you're like, my God, imagine the people. Some brought four, five, six kids. If you haven't ever had a real good argument in a van on the way to church. I told somebody one time with four kids, there's days it was like American gladiators trying to get everybody to church. Right? Trying to get here to the house of God. And we're living in a world where the destruction, listen, he prophesied destruction, but he didn't stop at destruction. He he prophesied destruction. And I'm going to tell you that there is no promise of God that ever gives allowance for sin to stay mingled. That's what Zephaniah is after. 
Zephaniah is after speaking what thus saith the Lord. He is wanting to clearly describe and articulate what God is speaking through him, whether popular or not, because he is trying to get, God is getting him to a place where he is going to prophesy about a remnant of believers. A remnant of believers that while there would be destruction and while there would be mass loss and while there would be sacrifice, Zephaniah said there is a few. Thus saith the Lord, there is a group of people. (laughs) There's a group of people, of men and women, individuals who have chosen to live for God, who have decided regardless of the attacks of the enemy that they are going to live for the Lord. And to that group, he's going to be your God. <laughs> There's going to be destruction. I wish I had better, wor- better news for some people. But judgment is real and judgment is coming. But I've got good news for the remnant of believers. I've got good news for the church. Here's what that word is from Zephaniah chapter 3. The Lord thy God is in the midst of thee and he is mighty. As far as pure preaching, I could take that one line and preach the rest of the day because I have proven he is mighty. I know what the world is doing. I know the different strain they're talking. Listen, listen. I understand there's darkness, but he is mighty. He's been mighty on my behalf. He's been mighty on your behalf. He's been mighty on behalf of your family. Can I tell you something? We don't get from Zephaniah to now unless he's mighty. We don't have a thousand people coming into church on a weekend in 2021 where they're boarding churches up all around the country unless he is mighty. And I've got news for you. He is mighty. He'll be We've got people right now. We got people. Brother Senior needs a miracle. He's mighty. He's mighty. Baby Shay. Baby Shay, we've been praying for Baby Shay and we've been praying for you, Mama. And you told me right here, God's just doing something. She's being better. She's God's doing, she came off ECMO. God's doing. You know why that affects me? Because it makes me remember he's mighty. He's mighty. In the midst of it all, in the midst of turmoil, in the midst of babies having heart pers- he's mighty. He's mighty. He's a great physician that walks into it. He's mighty. Zephaniah said, and listen to me, he will save. Ah, there's nowhere to turn. There's nowhere to go. Wrong. There is. He'll save. It'd be one thing if he was just mighty, but the fact he's mighty for you. Find three or four people and tell them, do what you want, but he's mighty for me. You want to get depressed? I'm going to tell everybody in the room. I know I shouldn't teach this, but I'm going to tell you how to be depressed. Here's how to be depressed. Start thinking you're your hope. 
Start thinking your family is really your only hope. I'm going to tell you how to be encouraged. Remember that he is mighty and he will save. I'm telling you, that'll put a pep in your step. That'll get you up in the morning. That'll make you look at a bill that's due. That'll make you look at a problem that's overwhelming and join with an old prophet. Zephaniah, where are you at? Holler at me, Zephaniah, where are you at? The Lord, God in the midst of thee. He is mighty. Somebody ought to speak over your situation. I'm not asking you to speak your own word. I'm asking you to speak the word of the Lord. He's mighty and he'll save. He is mighty and he will save. He'll save my mind. He'll save my marriage. He'll save. He will save my children. He will save my family. He will save my soul. My family can't save my soul. My boss can't save my soul. I know there's oppression. I know there's worry and work, but He is mighty. And He will save. I can't get away from this right now. He will save. He will save. He will save. He will save. Now's when I want to take Zephaniah and I want to take Joel who talked about the, the word together, the day of the Lord. And he said, he will save. Who will he save? Whosoever will. Come on, match the prophet with the gospels. Who's Zephaniah? Who's he gonna save? He's gonna save those people who in the midst of turmoil and in the midst of idol worship and in the midst of perversion and in the midst of distress turn their heart towards God and say, I might have got wayward for a moment, but I recognize that there is no God like Jehovah. There is no Lord like thee. He is the one Lord. He is the only God. And Zephaniah said, unto you, he's in the midst. And he will save. And he, now listen, he will rejoice over thee. What makes God happy? You ever think about that? We talk about what makes heaven rejoice. What makes heaven rejoice? Sinner that repents. Zephaniah said, he will rejoice over thee. You want to know what makes him rejoice? Think about that. You ever think about God getting happy? We don't think about stuff like that. The Lord thy God, he's mighty, he'll save. He will rejoice over thee. With joy. Why? Because you said, I'm not, I'm not bound. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving in. Can I tell you? I started preaching it a year ago. I'm going to preach it again this morning. There is a separation happening in this world right now. And people are looking to the church to be the church. And when they look for us, they cannot find us bowing to the idols of the world and kneeling. They ought to see the church very clearly. They ought to see us like the Bible says, with holy hands extended towards the Lord. I don't want them. 
I don't want one person to be able to say, well, we couldn't really find a church in Indianapolis that worshiped God. When they walk in here, I want them to see us. We're not bowing to idols. We're dancing in the presence of God. We're not bowing at the feet of the media. We're rejoicing in the presence of the Lord. I want them to feel the joy of the Lord. Don't you think it makes God happy? While there's people all over the world right now that are cursing and taking his name in vain, that there's a group of people. I'm going to tell you right now, it makes hell so mad that we got hundreds of little kids scattered around this church learning about there is a name above every other name. But you know why we're doing it? It brings him joy. It brings him joy. And he rejoices over us. He comes into the midst of us. And Brother Marshall, his... What's the Bible say? In his presence, there is... When's the last time you just got full? Just got full on the presence and the joy of God. If you can't remember the last time you walked out of church and could not stop smiling, I challenge you to throw your hands towards heaven and just start praising God. Praise God. Pastor, I am not emotional like that. Let your kid wreck your car. I am not emotional. You mean you're not emotional for God? He, he's in the midst of us. He saves. He saves us. But I've never, I know his saving makes me happy. But I never think about the fact that when I stand for him, he says, Oh, look at you. Look, look at you. You ever think about that? How else is he going to know? How else is he going to be able to look at you and say, well done? <laughs> you were good and you were. <laughs> What's the last word? Servant. He said, you had a choice who you'd choose. <laughs> you had a choice. You'd either choose the idols or you'd choose me. You'd either choose the world or you'd choose me. You'd either choose Babylon or Egypt or you'd choose me. Come here, baby. Well done. Well done. Come on, how many of you mamas ever been to a school event where they parade your little kid across? They ask everybody to hold their applause to the end. Ask everybody, but when your little kid got called, woo! People look at you like, calm down, calm down. Why? Because that's your kid, because that's your baby. The Bible says <laughs> he will rejoice. Don't tell me that God doesn't notice when his people take a stand. 
He notices. He notices right now. In fact, I'm here because I got to tell somebody this morning. You've been trying to take a stand in your family. You've been trying to take a stand on the job. You've been trying to take a stand in this city. And you're wondering if he even notices. And he sent me here on a mission from the prophet Zephaniah to tell you. He notices when you take a stand for him. Yes, he does. And he will rejoice over thee with joy. I'm almost done. He will rest in his love. That means he will be silent. There's a reason that this line follows the previous one. He'll rejoice over you. He's going to rejoice over you. Ooh. But he'll be silent too. Hey, no, 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 no. No, no, no. Cheer again. Right? No, 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 no. Be, be loud. Be loud. I want to hear you. Let's talk about that great cloud of witness thing. That's awesome. I, I'm not hearing you. I thought you were rejoicing over me. Can I tell you that sometimes the silence is just in he knows, I just rejoiced over you. I used, to re, I used to rejoice over you because you learned how to walk. But now that you know how to run, I don't do much rejoicing just because you get up and take a step. God, I, I, I need you to rejoice. And, and, and it'd be like us that have grown up every time. Some of you adults in here that you hold major degrees and you, you lead teams. It'd be silly for you to walk into the house and say, I, I wrote my name. I wrote the whole thing, got the date right. Oh, I got the date wrong. But I got my name. My name. My name is right. I'm not, I'm, I'm talking to me. I'm preaching to me, but I'm preaching what the Lord has given me. I'm afraid sometimes we say, hey God, I showed up. Hey. Hey. Hey, 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 hey. I know there's a million people lost, but I, I'm here. Hello. God, I'm, I'm really dealing with something. Where? Where? Where are you? He said, I've learned already to rejoice in you. You'll be all right. I'm with you. I'm with you. But trust me in the silence of my love. Trust me. I know Anybody feel that right there? Trust me in the silence of my love. I found in nearly 20 years of marriage, sometimes we don't have to talk. I just like to know she's close. That's the truth. I was somewhere, I was somewhere preaching uh, here in the last few weeks, and I was there preaching, and I found myself thinking, if she was close, I'd just feel better. We don't have to say anything. We don't have to talk. I don't need her to tell me at the end of the preaching I did a good job. I don't need her to come up and whisper sweet nothings in my ear. But you can. You can do that. <laughs> I don't want to get rid of that either. I preach myself out of a miracle here. I
Let me ask you this. Is your relationship with him spiritually mature enough that you can just be in his presence whether he's talking or not? Is it not humbling to think he trusts me enough that every now and then he can just be there? He can just be there silent in his love. Let me endure it. Let me build it. Some of you that that are not athletic, you don't like sports at all, this is the one time every, every handful of years or whatever that you, you like sports because of the Olympics. How many of you tattle on yourself and tell you you've been watching or been reading or been whatever, you, Olympics, you've been following on social media? Yeah, all over. I love the Olympics because you, 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 you participate in things I didn't even recognize were no intent. You, you, ever, you, you ever watched table tennis? We just said ping pong at camp growing up. But you ever, you ever watch these guys? If you're on social media at all, you've been seeing some different clips, some different things. Been watching some of these athletes and seeing what they're doing. I don't know how it's possible, Brother Romine, that they're setting world record after world record after world record. How's it possible? I saw a race the other day where first place and second place both set world records. How's that possible? Second place set a new world record and lost. Tell me that's not a bad day. Been training for two decades. Set a world record. Second place. How do you... <laughs> One thing I have loved, though, about, about the Olympics, let's see if you can pick it out. We've got a few slides I want to show you. Team USA. This is how, this is how they're posting for, for the United States of America to see. Go to three different slides. Go back to the first one. Let's do it one more time. Team USA. Silver. Bronze. Gold. Bronze. Silver. Bronze, gold, bronze, silver. Some of you are watching the basketball. You saw the gold yesterday. What's the, what's the unifier there? The only thing that's the unifier is Team USA. For them, it's Team USA. Their entire platform. I don't know if I don't know what marketing room, what branding room it was drawn up in. But it's simply Team USA. It has no, it has no weight what the competition was in, just what country they were for. Can I use that simple illustration and tell you the country I'm for is one whose builder and maker is God. You say, well, I'm not a good singer. It doesn't matter as long as you won't bow. Sister Gwaltney, I brought, talked about the kitchen. Let me talk about it right now. I guarantee you there are some people that can make some, I mean, dynamic mashed potatoes that will never stand behind this podium. But in the eyes of God, what he wants to know is, are you with me? <laughs> or not? 
There's going to be people, Dr. Anderson, there's people going to get up in that choir and we're going to hear some, you know, we do this on a regular basis. You hear some little 16-year-old, you've never heard them, and all of a sudden they get up and they, they let their little note come out and all of a sudden they roll something down and you think, my goodness. And then there's somebody else that wants to try out for the choir and you think, my goodness. <laughs> Have you considered uh, evangelism ministry? We've got people that are highly skilled and proficient on the bass that do not know how to play the keys. How about we just come in one day and mix it up? Okay, you're going to play the keys today. Um, you know what that would be for us? Torture. Do you realize that the sweet lady working in the kitchen does not, to be the, does not need to be the same person as the one teaching a Bible study in that room right there. And the person teaching the Bible study in that room right there doesn't have to be the one that's leading in a Sunday school class. And the one leading in a Sunday school class doesn't need to be the one that's trimming the yard. And the one trimming the yard doesn't need to be the... You know what we are? We're just Team Calvary. Everybody together for one mission. The only thing we're going to bow at is the foot of the cross. And we're going to say, the Lord. I know that there's all kinds of turmoil. But the Lord is in the midst of us. And whether he's silent or whether he's singing, I'm not giving up. And I'm not giving in, and I'm not turning around, and I'm not going back. Because there is a day. Those Stand with me. You'll make me know I have to stop staying. <laughs> I have tried. Some of you have done some of this research too. There's people in this room right now. You know what I mean when I say your mind is filled with facts you can almost never use. Some of you are great. You just love to play trivia games. Brother Robeson, we play in the softball league the other night. I don't think we're quite as agile as we used to be. My mind says I can stop that ball. My body says, no, you can't. No. I played with them the, uh, last week and a ball that I always would have stopped. But the processing time between I need to dive and my body actually diving, I would hate to watch it on slow motion. Because in, I'm afraid that there's a good chance that like I dove and it was already like 10 yards. Like people on the side like, what, what was he? It's like one of those old Bruce Lee films, just delayed, you know, just... Delayed reaction. My mind, and I, 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 so I've been thinking about the Olympics, Brother Robeson. I've been thinking how many, not hundreds, but thousands of hours have these people trained? These men and these women who are running around the track at breakneck speed. How many times did they get up in the darkness of the day and go for a run when no one was watching? There was no singing. 
There was no cheering. There was no social media. But in the silence, they knew it was tied to a greater purpose. Whether you hear him singing or whether you're in the moment of silence, he's in the midst of me. I'm telling you, I planned on focusing more on the singing than on the silence, but the Holy Ghost has really arrested me here this morning. If you're here and you've been in a silent season and you just, you just want the Lord to envelop you right now, you've been in a little bit of a silent season, I want you to come and just join me. Come down to, the, come down to the, 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 the front, the altar area, and just say, it's been a little silent, but I am committed to standing for God. It's been a little, it's been a little silent lately, but God, I want you to see in front of my church family that even in the silence... I know that your banner over me is love. I, I know that you are with me and that you are for me and that you are fighting on my behalf. If I will not bow, if I will not turn my eyes away,